0: you are now entering a mahogany forum where we hope you find a resilient soul resonating message sweeter than honey dripping from a honeycomb with your host alexa an urban researcher follow her as she curates mahogany honey the podcast dedicated to culture social change education relationships and so much more Hi guys, welcome to Mahogany Honey, the podcast. Today we have two special guests um, from Hey Girl Dreamer. Well, I want to make the correction that it is Girl Dreamer. Um, And we'll get into that much later on. Um, But my two special guests, um, the co-owners and owners of Girl Dreamer, Karen and Amna. Hey, ladies. <laughs> hi. hi. <Yeah. laughs> we're saying hello to them, and we're so thankful that they're here with us, and we're going to be talking about everything, pretty much, that led them up to the point of starting Girl Dreamer, and just touching on cross-culture and so many different topics, so much more, and I can't wait to jump in. So, ladies,
1: feel free to introduce yourselves. Okay, great. So my name is Amna. Um, I'm 29. As Alexa mentioned, I'm the co-founder of Girldreamer um, and I run it with co-founder Kiran and also BFF. So we're, we've been best friends for 14 years. So yeah, I'll hand it over to Kiran.
2: Yeah, so hi everyone. My name is uh, Kiran and I'm the other co-founder and the other BFF of this uh, <laughs> duo <laughs> team that we have here at uh, Girldreamer. Um, Yeah, we started Girl Dreamer five years ago, but been best friends for 14 years. Um, Yeah, and it's been a a crazy journey and ride up to here. Um, And we'll just let you know that it was an accidental journey. So there should be lots of interesting things that come out of um, this conversation today.
0: (laughs) Wow, accidental journey.
1: I want to get into that. Why accidental? (laughs)
2: Amna um, how far back do we do we take yeah
1: do you want the short version or how much time do we have
2: yeah because the whole um, podcast could be just this story so <laughs> <it>? <laughs> yeah oh,
1: I think we'll wow. it okay so yeah so um after college which I think is is it high school in America up till mm-hmm. 18.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we have universities and college so you can say um after college would be like the two year the start the associate's degree um the first two years after high school
1: yeah
2: okay is that so as yeah. is college versus 16 to 18 years old is that the same
0: it would be I would say okay. it we would be yeah right. because high school okay. earlier for you guys probably for us yeah. is 18 so yeah
1: college. Oh. Mm-hmm. okay <laughs> great well that's good to know um, so after school, um, Kiran and I went to college um, and that's where we met actually, we met on the first day okay. and um, after college I um, was, well, I was apparently supposed to go to university um, mm-hmm. because my parents wanted me to get a degree um, and I think in their head it was like, get a degree, obviously once you graduate you're going to get married and people favour those women who have a degree in, well, I, I, I thought that was crazy because I feel like I could, I could get married without a degree. Um, but maybe for them, it was different. Um, so I did go to university, but only for one week. And whilst I was there for that one week, I realised this is not the place for me. Mm. And Kieran in that time was taking a gap year and she wanted to figure out, you know, well, I'm, I'm sure you'll explain later, Kieran. but for her, she was figuring out what she wanted to do Um, she did want to pursue something in the medical field um, but I think she she wanted to take that time to figure it out and in that time we had a discussion and we were like you know what do we want to do in our life we have so many similarities we're best friends Uh, we're really passionate about female empowerment um, and uplifting other women that look like us as well what can we kind of do with that and I think I was struggling to have the conversation at home with my parents and family that I no longer want to be at university. Mm-hmm. And Kieran was advising me and guiding me, look, you know, how long are you going to fake going to university every day? Um, you know, this is going to go on for years, your degrees for three years. You can't do this for three years. You know, you need to have that difficult conversation. Yep. And I just felt like I had nowhere to kind of go outside of my friendship with Kieran. Who who could I go to talk to, to gain advice? And And I think it was one night in 2012, I think in January, we had a conversation over the phone. And we were talking for hours and it went into past midnight into the early hours of the morning. And we were talking about legacy and it just went really deep very fast and we were talking about legacy and our life choices and um, how our parents came to this country and we were talking about all these different things and what we wanted to do for the next generation now yeah Um, and I think it's in that moment where we realized we wanted to do something that wasn't traditional that wasn't kind of going through university getting married straight away and we wanted to do something that felt different to us but also left um an impact and an impression on the world if we were no longer here. And I think at this point I'll hand over to you, Kieran, to to walk us into GoldRemo.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, at that moment still didn't know it was meant to be this though. So we went in actually to um start volunteering in the charity sector and started mentoring um teenage um girls of color and it was through that mentoring we started to set up after school um programs to help with their because these were girls that were from you know the the country's most deprived areas they had they lacked that ambition and you know desire for what could be um their lives in the future and so we started this mentoring thing and was like no you know you can be anything you can be everything you can but if you haven't grown up around an environment that fosters that then you don't you don't believe that and especially you know girls in particular there's a different kind of cultural and societal pressure to be um a certain way so when we finished that voluntary year it was just like this was amazing this is the calling it was that moment where it's like this is it this feeling every day is what uh we want and I say accidental before because at no point was that meant to be and we will set up our own thing and become those people it was just meant to be like i just want to do that who can i go to what organization can i join what charity can i be a part of that will allow me to continue this mission but at that point we couldn't find anything in our city or just anywhere around us that was doing that specifically for for women who look like us and so one day in 2016, we went on the, like the British government, like UK website where you you register a business and we just registered. And we just put an application form and it said, congratulations, you're now, uh, you know, you now own this company. And we were like, great, now what do we do? <laughs> and we were like, so no business experience, no financial, no resources, no money, no, no anything, like literally nothing, but this idea of this is the feeling. This is the passion, this is the goal. I guess we'll just have to make it up from there. And for the past nearly five years, that's what we've been doing.
0: That sounds like my journey. <laughs> <laughs> when I finally like did the LLC, like business part, how you're talking about it. And then it was like, congrats. Like, I was like, oh my God, I feel like I just maybe gave birth to a business. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels like that.
2: So like I just one day you're this, and the next you're that, and you you don't quite know how to to kind of I don't know take that in or yeah. understand what that means.
0: <laughs> how was the feeling? Like how did you feel in the moment? Were you like, oh my god?
2: To be honest, we didn't do anything with it for the first six months. We kind of registered and then let it sit there. And only about halfway through the first year, someone reminded us something about like funding and your your annual accounts, and I was like, oh this is real like we have to submit something at the end of the year like okay this is real so it took six months for us to understand like what we had done so officially girl dreamer probably didn't start until then and when we did then we were like oh my god okay this is this is amazing i think when we got our first bit of funding to run a program and someone like and we had like money in the account yeah then it felt very real
1: (laughs) yeah i think i think kieran you always mentioned this but we tend to work backwards so Mm. In my mind, it's like you're supposed to have all these plans ready and in place and then you would go and register a company. But we just registered it and did nothing with it. And then like Kieran mentioned, six months later, realised actually things are expected from us um, in, in six months' time and we didn't have anything in place. So I think then it became very real. Okay, we're actually business owners now. We own a company.
2: And Google and YouTube became the other best friends in this equation and it was a case of let me just google what that means let me make sure i understand that let me watch this video that those were our you know those were our mentors and and teachers throughout that journey
0: and still very much is for me
2: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know know we're telling the same story here
0: (laughs) i know you're telling my story too as we go which is beautiful (laughs) i love this um so to continue on, I am very interested, just so the listeners can know, what it, what is your cultural background, ethnicity? What do you
1: identify as? Um, I'm, I'm British Pakistani. So my parents came here from Pakistan, um, well, I think in the sixties. Um, so yeah.
2: I'm british uh indian my parents were actually born here though they were born in the same city that i was born and live in um and my grandparents were from india so they came so i think does that make me second generation i always get the generation confused but yeah um yeah so we're british british indian and british pakistani amazing and alexa what i haven't asked you actually what what is your yes i'm dominican so dominican american
0: yes well i guess to say it backwards similar to amna american dominican because i was born here i was actually born here but my parents are dominican they're from the dominican republic and they immigrated here and i would be first generation
1: yeah Um. (laughs) (laughs) that's so cool i don't think i've ever met a dominican person nor me now so thank I, you for this call.
0: Yes, absolutely. Are there any Dominicans in London? Now I'm wondering. I, I feel like in England.
1: Yeah, I I feel like in London there would be. In Birmingham, I, I, I I've never come
2: across anyone. I've never met anyone in So with the second largest city, Birmingham is a pretty big multicultural city, but from if I think of my schooling and and just work history I don't think i've ever met someone from that part of the world like any uh so yeah so i think once i went to america met someone who's puerto rican now you're dominican i'm like it's growing i'm finally meeting someone but not here i have to go to america to meet
0: (laughs) oh yeah amazing so um similar to puerto rico we are a caribbean um island we're also a caribbean island um that was colonized by the spaniards so we speak spanish
2: yeah oh that's so interesting I'm going to make sure I save some of those questions for the end because then we're going to get into a whole conversation about <laughs> uh, culture I and then I'm going to start asking about food and then yeah it's going to go in a different direction.
0: Listen I'm here for it we can even have a part two <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it all <laughs> this is what I love to do and so because you know the listeners um, want to know and I also want to know what led you to uh, to begin Girl Dreamer? What led you guys to um, initiate it as as a business or a brand?
2: Yeah, I think what Amna was saying about that kind of natural journey of, of trying to find out what that purpose and passion and, and you know, legacy should be, when we finished volunteering in the the charity sector and actually we volunteered for um, a youth and education charity that was started in america and then they brought it over to to england and then we we stayed there for a bit and it was during that kind of period when we were thinking about okay where what's next what comes next it was like it's got to be something that captures this but because it doesn't exist we might have to be the ones to create it and if we can help and support other young women of color who are having this journey of trying to navigate things like purpose and passion, you know, where do you go with a dream where culturally that's not what is um, expected of you. And, and society says that's not for you either. Yeah. We were those people and it was like, we didn't know where to go to kind of get that guidance, get that support, join something that's firstly said, that's okay. And then secondly, said this is how you, you know, you work through that. Um, and because it wasn't there, we were just like, maybe we could just be the ones to do it maybe it could it could never it could turn into nothing or it could turn into something but let's just try um and yeah trying in 2016 has you know led to us still being here in 2021 and talking to you so um so we set Gold dreamer up in in a way that so it was a non-profit so Gold dreamer is um a non-profit and we thought about what we wanted to do even with like money we make as the business and it all very much kept leading back to put it back in the into the community, keep growing things in the community, allow for our community to be, you know, um, uplifted and empowered. And let's make those change at really like local grassroots levels. We know what it's like. We are those women that we're supporting. It's not separate in a business capacity. Like we are the business um, because of that lived experience, I suppose.
0: Amazing. That's amazing. So, what would you say um, makes e- your nonprofit different from any other ones that may have a similar um, mission? What what would be the difference?
1: Um, I think, personally, from my uh, perspective, it, it would be the fact that we lead by lived experience. So, everything that we put on at Girl Dreamer, whether it's a workshop, an event, or a session a retreat or anything it comes from a place of genuinity and um an understanding of we've been here we understand what what this is like or we're even going through things simultaneously together because we work with millennial and gen z women of color
0: yeah. we
1: are millennial women of color so we understand the needs of the community directly um, whereas in in the third sector or, or in nonprofits, you generally have Um, people serving a community that they're not from right so sometimes there's that that feeling of do you genuinely or truly understand the needs and I feel like we definitely do
2: absolutely
0: amazing do you guys have like any story that sticks out that you would be like this is worth telling and this is why I'm here (laughs) this is why I'm doing this now I remember why I'm doing this
2: that's oh my gosh! Such an interesting question. Yeah, that is. I'm trying to like go through five years of uh, memories and experience and be like, which one is 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 the one that kind of stands out um, in my mind? Is anything in particular coming to you?
1: Um, part of the the role at this gala was for us volunteers to kind of hand out drinks and welcome people at the reception, <clears throat> and it's there where I met my current mentor um and he's been mentoring me for the past um nearly five years now and when i say mentor it's very informal um and i think it's the guidance that i've learned from him that has been so amazing and so insightful and it's in that moment where i you know it was a long day this gala started at like 6 p.m and we had served the whole day at schools And then we got on a train, went down to London, carried all these heavy bags. And I I was shattered. Um, But obviously, when when it's 6pm and the doors open, you have to have your game face on and like be presentable. You know, yeah, I feel like you're nodding along. So you know what I'm talking about. Um, And I was, I can't even explain. I was so tired. I had no capacity to have conversation, do small talk or none of that. But, you know, being in the role I was, I took it seriously and I was like, "Okay, I'm going to do it. And literally within 10 minutes, this this man walked in, American as well, um, and he was one of the investors um, and supporters of this charity. And we just got into conversation. And I was when I look back at it now, I was just being authentically and genuinely myself. And I think it's through that conversation um, that we became connected um and our relationship grew in a in a sense of like mentoring and and business support and stuff and to this day he just advocates for both of us our work what we do and i think that stuck with me um and it always reminds me no matter how tired you may feel or how Long the journey is, and you know what you're up against. Always think of you know where you want to be, and it's in that conversation. He asked me, he was like, "What are you doing here?" And I was like, "I'm, I'm volunteering." And then he was like, "What do you want to do after this?" And this was literally in exchange of a drink, and he was just meant to take this drink and go. um So yeah, I always think of that when I'm when I feel like I'm low, or you know, I'm like, "Why am I doing this kind of thing?" I think of that bigger picture
0: amazing yeah it's always like the one moments that you didn't think the very unexpected they catch you offhand you're not even prepared and you're like oh i remember yeah yes
2: Yes. alexa do you have like a defining do i have a defining that moment moment? (laughs) yeah
0: um yes i did matter of fact Um, The second segment, the one that you guys will be a part of, which is the economic and racial equity segment, Um, because right now I believe we're on wellness and relationships. Um, And so for season one, I was sitting down and I was um, pretty much speaking to one of my guest speakers, and I was probably very exhausted and I remember like one of the questions. that I had asked, and it was one of those questions that I I try to put in there intentionally, but I didn't know how in depth it was gonna be. Every response is different, right? I never get the same response. And that is where I'm like, okay, I think I definitely believe I'm in the right path. And the question was, um, which I'm going to ask you next, (laughs) funny enough, is what was the catalyst moment, the breakthrough moment? And she basically um, told me how she was at an event with her company. She was working at a company and they were at a conference away somewhere. And she was in the midst of doing like 100 things at once. And while she was trying to do 100 things at once, um, in front of everyone, her um, boss, her leader, um, her director, you can say, called her out in a very um, disrespectful way like his tone was very disrespectful to the point that she contained herself and didn't respond went to the bathroom and just like cried and was like I do not deserve to be treated this way I don't care how stressed out a person may be like I do not deserve to be like regarded in any way, shape or form like this. I've had it, like I, (laughs) that was like her catalyst moment, right? And for me, my catalyst moment was um, not being heard at work, especially when it came to ethical matters. There was like something very, uh, that was, that went against my values at my last job where I was like, you know, they're really not respecting me as a person. And I think that it trickles down and eventually shows. And I was like, I, and I, it it will trickle down to the people that you're serving. Right. And so when I felt that way, I had to step away because I felt like I wasn't being heard. I wasn't being seen. And if I'm not being heard or seen, that's where I'm like, okay, (laughs) it's going to trickle down to the people I'm serving eventually. And I don't want the people that I'm serving, especially that deserve to be the most, like, you know, to be heard and seen. And we don't think about it often at times, but the way that our directors lead us um, is how we lead others. Um and so yeah, what were your breakthrough moments? Hopefully it wasn't similar to mine, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I can
2: definitely see it's, you know, in that that moment comes where you just say, you know, no, this this isn't it. This isn't this isn't for me. And that's not how I want things to be. Like you did, like those are such powerful moments because it's it reminds you like you decided to choose you um and i think for me um there was like two types of one one was like at the very early um stages of of girl dreamer like just um around that time and and before was like on said, I was meant to go into something medical and I was meant to be, um, on one side of my family, I was going to be like the first girl to go to university. Um, and you know, and I had the apparent brains and I was meant to, you know, make a whole generation and, um, proud as, as you do. And for me at the very last minute, and I mean, you know, had my results and stuff in the summer. And then I was meant to like, start to then just say no, that's not what I wanna do is a huge like deal, um, and not one that's taken lightly because it's like, you know, in our culture as well, if you give, you know, girls freedom and you allow them to have these choices and stuff, it's it's that danger of then they're gonna go against the grain and i don't know if in similar in your culture but we our culture doesn't necessarily celebrate going against the grain um you want to stick within a well-respected career and you need to you know make sure you're, you're holding your whole community on your back and you don't yeah you, you're you're representing everyone not just your yourself And so the decision not to do it and i remember like my my parents were they were okay with it um thankfully like i've got a really supportive immediate family but like i said we're part of a community and they they have siblings and i have grandparents and they don't see this stuff in the 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 same way so I remember going to um a wedding and um everyone was really excited to know what I was going to do and like they were like ready to be like I'm so proud of you Then they found out I wasn't going to go and that I was going to do something in like a charity capacity and I don't know for them it, it must have felt like they thought I was going to be a charity case now and I was like no I am not charity I am going to do but if you go from that to that and it was just this disappointment. And it was this kind of looking at my parents and going almost like, where did you go wrong? Um, this is why we don't give girls that, we think we shouldn't give them that level of of like freedom and, and power because this is what can happen. Like it, it could have gone so well, like look now. And I think at that moment I was like, no, I'm I'm gonna take what that moment and I could feel it for my parents. And I was just like, I'm gonna make them so proud. And I'm gonna make, every proof all those people are so wrong um and show what you know girls from my background um whether it's you know freedom related thing whether it's a cultural thing whatever that that thing is that tells us we're not supposed to be here I'm going to do it and then I'm going to go back to someone's wedding one day it won't be mine I'll go to someone else's when I go to a family function and I'm going to say to them when they say what do you do I'm going to proudly say you know I'm a social entrepreneur I run a nonprofit. I think and if they don't understand what those words mean because they don't a lot of them are, you know, my relatives are, are from India. They haven't heard words like this before. And I'm going to confidently and proudly say, this is what I do. This is who I help. This is the impact I've had on the world. Um, and after the pandemic, I'm, I'm waiting for those moments to come so I can go back to everybody's party and tell them um, <laughs> just who I am and how right my parents were for, for kind of having my back.
1: Oh, um, following Kieran's one, um, I feel like there's many negative ones, uh, not negative ones, but I feel like there's ones where there's a definite struggle, um, but there's some great positive kind of breakthrough moments as well. Um, So I'll kind of give you one that's in the middle. So in 2020, just before the pandemic hit, like literally two weeks before, um, we had the great opportunity to meet Meghan Markle, um, and Prince Harry in Buckingham Palace in London, so we definitely took that opportunity, and we were like, "Yes, we are going to be there." Um, and the 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 journey up to London was like miserable. It was raining, typical British day. It was cold, um, and then I also got my period as well. Mm-hmm. And my <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when that just happens, it's like, why? I have this thing where anytime something amazing or phenomenal or special happens in my life for some reason my period wants to join me and I'm like, nobody invited you. It's a, it's a me thing. Like, Let me enjoy this moment. <laughs> um, anyway, I so we stayed the night and then the next morning we were we were supposed to have this event and meet them. So I was in excruciating pain um, and, I, and I have like very difficult periods sometimes as well. So again, in excruciating pain, putting on that game face, um, getting ready in the morning and you know, you're only going to meet the prince and princess like, so you have to come correct. So again, it was very cold and I'm allergic to the cold as well. I always need it to be very hot, warm, sunny. That's when I feel like I'm thriving. But Mm -hmm. it was the beginning of March. So that was not going to happen. And yeah, so I'm sitting there with Meghan Markle like just shook her hand and I'm, I'm casually just one person away from her talking to her face to face. And it's just in that moment where I realized, by the way, my, my hands were sweating. I had dry mouth. I was so nervous and it was managing all those like um, sensory uh, feelings as well. And the emotions going with it like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm sitting here right now. Um, And then trying to act cool as well because you can't act how you're feeling because then I would be like a hot mess on the floor Um, and it's it was in that feeling where I just remembered everything it took for me to be in this room right now um culturally societally um personally professionally every single every single thing I I almost realized even ancestrally like what Mm. my great grandparents and nans and grandmas had to go through. My parents had to come to this country and all the hardships that they faced for me to kind of sit in Buckingham Palace and casually have a conversation with amazing other young people and of course mentioning um, Harry and Meghan as well. And I just thought to myself there and then if at any moment I ever wanted to give up on this journey and there've been many moments where I felt like I can't do this anymore, I need to throw in the towel, I don't have any mental capacity left, I don't have physical energy to wake up and turn up to work today because I just feel depleted and drained. I felt like this is the moment where I'm going to remember forever every time it gets hard to refer back to this moment and remember that you made it and where I grew up in Birmingham, and I know I live in the UK, and for my cousins in Pakistan, for them that's like I've won the lottery to live in, a, in such a, uh, a great part of the world. But I grew up in a very inner city area, but uh, it was very deprived. And I went to a school that was uh, very problematic. And people from that school don't ha- get to have moments like this. Um, and those girls from the community where I grew up don't get to have moments like this and I just felt exceptionally just honoured in that moment and I really took it in um, whilst I was sitting there and it's, it's just been a moment for me to be like after this moment I'm going to go back to Birmingham and do whatever I need to to continue this journey and I, when it gets hard and when it gets difficult I will always refer back but I will never give up kind of thing and that's been that moment for me
0: amazing both of your stories both of your stories um and I'm seeing a theme of breaking family um like culture a little bit kind of yeah the black sheep right
1: yeah (laughs) I think as as women of color as well when you when you start something as as crazy as this you kind of take the community with you sometimes willingly and sometimes they just come so you have to have that on your back knowing that if you're if i'm representing somewhere as a pakistani woman i'm almost representing all pakistani women and that's a lot of pressure sometimes because you don't want to speak on behalf of the entire community but sometimes when you're up on those those platforms you're almost seen as you're doing that so yeah, yeah.
0: and i and i want to say something really interesting enough any time hearing your stories especially your story about you ending up to getting your period in the most, one of the most remarkable moments, right? Of your, can I just tell you that I'm a strong believer that anytime you're going to do something super impactful, right? Um, something, uh, inconvenient really happens. No. And I, and I'm telling you this, I'm almost thinking about this interview as being it because I'm, I had I'm having technical difficulties and my ring light just went out. I'm like, this is great. This is an impactful conversation. This is why this is happening. You know what? And I'm just gonna roll with it. You know, I'm just gonna roll with the punches. You just gotta roll with the punches. Yeah. Um, and so people need to know that that is part of the definitely the journey. (laughs) Yeah.
2: yeah. Absolutely. I can think of all the great moments we've had something felt very like something happened where you're almost like i'm gonna laugh or i'm gonna cry um and it's those moments and like you said then you end up having the best time or there's a great turning point or something but it rarely ever happens in this really pretty like way like you know you wake up and you stretch and you feel great and the sunshine it's not that it will usually be the gloomiest day or you know, you'll you have to do like a the photo shoot of your life and then you'll wake up and something on your skin breaks. It's always those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like you both said, like if you just keep going and just keep trusting that process, what comes of it is like beyond what you could have, have hoped for. And I suppose it's just where you place the focus. Like I'm not placed it, like when we were with Megan Marco, it was that this is historic. She's a woman of colour here, she's representing it's never been that way before and we're also here and where we grew up that's never happened before like this is what we're going to choose to focus on and hold um and there were definitely a million things that were going wrong in the background behind then
1: <laughs> very much so I don't had to- worry about the ring light alexa <laughs> yeah. you still look great
2: <laughs> but that natural light coming in from there it's amazing <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's actually really gloomy outside so i'm i'm glad that whatever's coming through is is there i appreciate it for what it is right now um and so to continue in 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 these moments of being the black sheep and just you know cultural differences and all the barriers that we we come across i want to know what is your definition of cross-cultural when someone says cross-cultural what do you think about when you hear the word
1: i feel like is it like the fusion of cultures like living in or being in a a situation an environment or place where it's it's multi-diverse like there's so many different people what do you think karen
2: yeah i think of it like that and in like that i suppose like us identity uh our roots are not from here but we live here and this is you know the how we identify and the kind of cross balance i suppose of being those two uh things um that's how i think i i see it alexa what about you how do you
0: yeah um for me is pretty much collaborating uniting bridging being mm-hmm. the liaison between, um, specifically women of color, for me. Yeah. Um, so that's that's where I I reference reference it in, and and. I when I found you guys and I came across your page. And it was so funny, I think I shared the story with Amna. I think it was someone who left a comment on underneath my page because I was asking for guest speakers and they were like, hey, check out Girl Dreamer. And I was like, <laughs> okay, we'll do. And I like, what, found your page? And I was like, okay. Okay, yes, yes. <laughs> this is exactly what I am looking for. Um, and what i'm i'm trying to aspire so i i felt like our missions were very similar right Mm -hmm. and so that's why i wanted i always like to ask that question and know what it means to you guys and and how is it that it comes across for you and your entrepreneurship ventures
2: yeah that's a really interesting one actually because i think there's a there's a danger with i think business and entrepreneurship when when you're starting to like assimilate and you really want to, so for us at the beginning, especially it was trying to to be the version of, you know, a business owner that you think you're supposed to be. And a lot of that requires you to leave your, you know, your personal and cultural side, like out of the business um, boardroom, essentially. When you go into that, it's like separating those identities. And that's really hard to do, especially if you're really connected to that that part of you yourself. Um, And you think it's really strange because it's like, clearly, you know, you wear, you you wear it, you look different in that room. So everyone's aware that you're, you know, you have different parts of of who you are, but there's an expectation almost that you don't bring that side. You keep it strictly professional, whatever that's supposed to mean. Um, And I think for, for me anyway, it's how do I still balance that, that cross-cultural, you know understanding of life that I have and represent and be me and be authentically me in that space and avoid trying to kind of be this version because I think that's what I'm supposed to do because it's going to get me more business or help me, you know, grow to the next level. Um and that's a really interesting one because I feel like people do feel so I suppose it comes it's things like code switching, right? How I talk is going to have to be different when I enter that space or how I walk or how I dress, um, how I eat, how I drink. And having all those things at the back of your mind as as a person of of color or whatever other protected characteristic you have, like being that version of yourself in that space is I think quite tricky to navigate in the beginning, especially until you get to a point where you're just like, you know what? I don't care. This is me. Um, I'm going to bring me, um, and yeah, I'm going to accept all of me in these spaces. And I think when you do that, it's a really powerful shift. Um, What do you think, Amna?
1: Yeah, I think as you you were talking, I was going to say, you know, when you said you get to a point where it's like, I don't care. Now Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking maybe you can only say that after you've become a little bit established at least, because in the very early days, Mm -hmm. if you come in with a, this is who I am, I don't care, you're still dealing and operating in a world that does care. Mm
2: -hmm. So
1: very easily and quickly you can get shunned away. But I think definitely 100% what you said, I agree. Um, From everything, being at networking events and there's just alcohol to drink and you don't drink alcohol. And then people are like, why don't you drink alcohol? Um, And all those difficult questions. um, And also once Alexa, Kiran and I were at a networking event and I I thought, I'm going to do an experiment today because nobody was coming up to us and talking to us because we didn't have a drink in our hand. So then I was like, and I had a J2O and I think Kieran, you had a Coke in your hand. So I just picked up a glass of champagne and I just held on to it because I don't drink alcohol. And I kid you not, like four people just felt, I don't know what it was. It's almost like they felt comfortable to kind of approach us because one, we look brown, we are brown. So it's firstly, and we we were in uh, spaces where it was heavily like, Caucasians white people um and a lot of them were drinking and maybe it's that thing where it's like oh if you're not drinking it's almost like you're not one of us um Mm -hmm. and I think that's difficult as well because you're just standing there sad in a corner with a drink in your hand uh, wanting people to come and talk to you so then I was like okay maybe I should go and talk to people but it's almost as though they can't I don't know like there's nothing to bond and I'm like I'm I'm genuinely an- another person like you I'm literally another person like you we have so much in common on a human level e- even if we don't on a personal level surely there's something you can talk to me about but I don't know but I've always felt as though there's this feeling of whether it's intimidation or uh, nervousness or just not bothered. Um, but I think the best way I can describe it is I'm not sure if you've seen Ugly Betty, but when I watch yeah, Ugly, Ugly Betty, Betty. <laughs> that character for me sums up what it's like, you know, Betty, she's from like Queens and um, her background and then she's going into Manhattan to work and like, yeah. it's, 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 there's nobody who looks like her in this big fashion building. Yeah. And, and she's very out of place she's a complete misfit, Uh, she does not fit in, and she's trying to find her way here, and she's trying to be herself at the same time, and it's very difficult. She's mocked, she's constantly made fun of, they make fun of her name, the way she looks, the clothes she wears, the food she eats, Um, and I think that's the best way I can describe how it feels for me, is I very much relate to the character of of Ugly Betty. Mm -hmm.
0: That's so interesting. That's very interesting about that little experiment that you did. Um, Interesting enough, here, um, that happens as well, where like, you know, most events revolve around like alcohol being the social lubricant, Mm -hmm. right? It's almost like, uh, this is what we do in order to be vulnerable and let our inhibitions down so we can have authentic conversations. And it's like, is this possible? This is possible regardless, you know, whether or not if I'm comfortable in, in who I am and, and I know who I am, right? I It's okay for me to have a conversation without like a social lubricant, <laughs> I suppose, right? Um And I wanted to get a little bit into what you said about being in a room and feeling almost out of place Mm -hmm. um, at times of like being predominantly around one certain race and you being of another. Um, It's interesting how you could either feel like a misfit or at times you could be overly embraced where it becomes overexploited. It's almost like you're what's on display. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that happen as well. Um, and I've seen both sides because I used to work at art organizations and it's almost like whoever is the, let's say, artist of, of the event or that happens. And, and I get it because you're like the main, you're the main entertainment piece. But it's like, OK, hopefully, let's say if that person happens to be of color, there should be other people in the room celebrating him or, or her, whoever the artist is as well. Um, instead of it, them feeling as if like, okay, um, I'm here, um, entret- I'm, I'm the entertainment, you know, I'm the, it's almost like, I have to perform, like I'm here, like, <laughs> and I have to yes. put on a show. And so it's like either too much yeah. pressure on you or none. And it's so interesting um, that you made that um, connection with
1: alcohol yeah yeah definitely and i relate so much to what you just done and the little dance you just did as well <laughs> because i think sometimes i've also been at events where i'm the only like person of color let alone woman of color and like it's almost like they want to take you around on show to each of their friends and their little groups and kind of meet this person and they want everyone to kind of shake hands with you or learn a bit about your so if you I've shared a little bit about my journey with one person and then almost been taken around the room to share it with everyone else because it was so interesting and different and that for me is so jarring because I'm like why am I literally walking around the room like a clown Um, and repeating myself like what I'm telling you is is sad it's not happy (laughs) Why it's exploiting is it
2: that, yeah, that sadness. Yeah. it's yeah because it just fits right into like a, a stereotype or version of us that they that they want us to be. Um mm. it confirms like all of those things, especially if it's room with like you know, um rich people, that it definitely mm. happens then when it's like you know, charity sponsor events and gala's and things like that, like quickly feeling like a commodity in those spaces yeah. happens really fast um and you know in those like types of environments especially if your your business journey is one that comes from like a very personal space and you're using things like lived experiences obviously there's going to be times when you're going to share vulnerable things because it's a part of you know who you are and what you do and why you're here but it's that balance between that being and you saying that from a place of power from like you like I'm choosing to share this because I want to you making me go around the room to tell all your rich friends my sad life story is not the power's not with me then um, and I'm not choosing to do that and I think that can be difficult um, and especially in your beginning stages because you do want people to invest in you and sponsor you and you know work with you so you're just like oh I don't want to be difficult whatever that means but equally I'm not that comfortable telling a random room of 100 people you know that that moment unless I want to um but yeah that that line gets very blurred very quickly
0: mm. I think I found the highlighting moment of this <laughs> <laughs> unintentionally see <laughs> um no but it is it's it's very it feels it could be per- predatory I guess mm, to yes um if if overdone um and not in a yeah. genuine way but if it's done obviously in a genuine way where people genuinely want to get to know you or not it's like hey it's okay we don't we can have this conversation without feeling like we have to like have a drink or having to like force a conversation on you know like hopefully it happens organically as it, as it, as we're here um, enjoying ourselves and getting to know each other so yes being mindful of that um and with that in mind because you never want to make sure that you stray away from your mission to being mindful of these spaces and making sure that like hey are is my message coming across of my mission um and the services that we do and so that as well so when you go into these spaces what is it that you guys are want to make
2: sure that it comes across and conveys Mm -hmm. I think when we're in those spaces like we make it very clear that you know so we explain the mission we say you know we support the personal professional development of young women of color We're trying to tackle social inequality trying to help them pursue their dreams and it's what you said it's like keeping that that kind of mission so strongly in mind that even if a conversation happens and you feel like oh let me just kind of stray off into that way because it's how that person perceives you and the direction they want you to go in it might not always be best for you and it's like holding that thing and saying it's almost like having your points right this is what we're trying to do we're trying to build better representation in this we're trying to see that women of color become this we so it's like keeping your you know your your key performance indicators or your impact goals or your, your missions and values all in your head whilst trying to talk to all these different people and you know people potentially wanting to to support you or understand you but they can be doing it from their perception or like um their version of you and so when i think for me especially when i'm in those spaces i'm like okay don't let yourself get carried away remember why we're here allow yourself to remain in that position of, of truth and of power, like hold your own. Um, You can, you can do it in that space. Um, And I always remind myself of that when, when we're there because it's really easy to to kind of just get, I don't know, get a bit caught up in the, the hype of it all.
0: Yeah. And so what are some of the great things you would say that you guys are doing right now that you genuinely would, want people to know like hey um this is what we're doing right now and this is like so important to us
1: i think at the moment where we are focusing heavily about being in the situation that we're in with covid and just Mm -hmm. the, the whole world is experiencing the same thing um we're trying to adapt to it as fast and as efficient as possible without losing that quality of our work So with our work, we we do tend to have initiatives and programs that um, originally ran in person. Yeah. And we like to really create a vibe and a feeling when we have our women of colour come together. Whether that's an event or a session or a workshop, we want it to be the best feeling. So when they leave, when they walk out, they're feeling uplifted, they're feeling inspired and they're feeling like, Oh my god! I just spent the best two hours of my life here at Goldreamer, mm-hmm. and I think carrying that same energy into a digital world where, you know, how do you create a vibe over a screen? Um, especially when sometimes it's without video and it's like a, a downloadable resource or um, a workshop that you can participate in. Sometimes it feels like it's um, you can't engage properly. So I think at the moment. Uh, we are having a heavy emphasis on how do we we go digital with our work to reach all the women of color, not just in Birmingham but nationwide and internationally as well, yeah. and also what their needs are. Um, uh, keeping it relevant as well with their like uh, with being in a pandemic and the situation of people losing their jobs and all sorts. How do we stay relevant?
2: Yeah. Right, Kiran? Am I? Mm. Am I? Yeah, mm. and kind of taking the collective learning of what we've done over five years and how differently it's it's gone and the journey it's taken and led us to here one thing we realized when the pandemic happened that the kind of overarching things that we talk about or are trying to support with they they do go beyond our country it is true for women of color everywhere like at the moment our programs do have uh women from like up to 10 different countries on them at all times And, and that feeling of like this is this is everywhere this is when we can really do something with this so at the moment we're trying to create girl dreamer to be this always accessible always there kind of space doesn't matter like where you're from or or what time it is, or where you are in your journey, there's something here for you as a woman of color. And whether that's directly speaking to your professional development, directly speaking to the the kind of personal side of you, or if it's directly speaking to your need for community at this time, we're building those kind of three key things into something that should launch soon and be really, really special. And from what we've done research-wise, there's nothing like it that exists in the world yet for women of color so if you know we can continue to build on this platform and it's taken us you know through throughout the pandemic to really hone in on what that looks like and what we want it to do but there should be a pretty cool digital um platform created by us that if you're a young woman of color and you're looking for those three things i mentioned then that should definitely be the space um and the place for you and i'm just like shamelessly just plugging that in and (laughs) let it seep into everyone's mind now yeah
1: we'll definitely keep you updated as we we go along
0: no it already sounds amazing because funny enough you guys are my first international interview
1: oh Oh, really so cool yes (laughs) i feel extra special now i know i feel honored
0: you guys are so this is amazing this feels amazing and it and i think that you guys are manifesting even without it being um <laughs> intentional so yeah oh it, I feel like you're what you're trying to create is also um pouring in pouring into others without you noticing mm-hmm. so the fact that I found you in itself yeah would you say serendipity I don't know <laughs>
2: Absolutely. I love serendipity yep. that's Yeah, that's exactly what we call this moment
0: um so I love it I really do love it Um, would you say it would be one of your strengths and what are some of your strengths? But I I think that's probably what I would say.
1: As in what are dreamers' strengths or...? Yeah, yeah. Interesting question. Um, I think one thing, uh, Kiran, feel free to chime in here as well. I I like the fact that we are by the community for the community. Yeah. Again, I mentioned earlier being women of colour leading for women of colour. I really like that fact uh and that and that aspect of Gold rumor because personally I feel like I really understand the needs of, of our community. And even when I don't, I'm actively listening and prepared to understand what those needs are. Um because from some angle or some point I've I can understand um the kind of united struggle that we have or um the, the different cultures we derive from or you know who what makes us who we are um yeah. and i feel like we're very willing in that in that aspect to to ensure that those needs are met yeah
2: in fact our um so we're heavily steered by our um advisory board and that is made up of women of color from all around the world like all women of color board and yeah so our work in our community and that helps us to also get out of our own potential echo chamber you know we are constantly doing and being in this one way and, and where to be. so we try to make sure that it's not just from us personally like girl Dream, it mm. is collectively um something and so we do rely on our community to feed that yeah all that is kind of changes and, and cultures and ideas and things that go beyond us and feed that back into us because I think one strength we have is that and I know it sounds really simple is that we are an organization a lot of people who do what we do are amazing you know platforms or unofficial kind of community groups being a organization allows us to have this certain amount of power and responsibility that we that we can influence and we can do things in spaces that if we weren't necessarily like registered to be in those spaces, if I couldn't be a part of Girl Room and allow me to do this in the charity sector in, you know, or, um, the nonprofit sector in, in England, then I couldn't go into those spaces and into those rooms and advocate and influence in the way that I can, because we are, you know and i can hold that power and it can change the the funding system in ways in this country because we can be funded we're part of that that picture a lot of the times it's it can be part of the problem but we can bring ourselves as as a part solution to those those areas um and change the the kind of di- dynamic of what this sector looks like in in this country anyway mm-hmm. um and yeah there's there's a certain amount of yeah power in a good way that that comes with that i think lastly as well one of the strengths is that lived experience does drive us and in a world where i think the value on on people's lived experiences is is growing and we're kind of understanding that oh yeah maybe people who have experienced that should lead on that it kind of makes really simple sense but it's taken the world a while to get on board with that but that means that what we're doing we know it's for a purpose. We know who it's for at all times. We know why it needs to be there. And we know what it feels like. So when we design something, we can take that whole process through. We're not just outcome focused um, because we know from start to finish what that's like. And so we can bring those kind of unique, more tailored um, nuances into our work.
0: That is what we strive for on this platform as well. (laughs) lived experiences is our niche <laughs> absolutely yeah and I I think you know at times when we were you know throughout our our journey in this conversation the conver- the journey of this conversation I should say um I was almost inclined to be like where is the celebratory moment for us did we have fun you know, um, because I do believe that we deserve to be applauded for being so multifaceted. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: because we are. In order for us to have gotten to this level where we are now, and yeah. I mean, or to this spe- specific sp- space that we are in and what we're creating, to even be an entrepreneur, I mean, I'm sure that at one at one um, time, you guys were probably. Owner slash uh, digital person, probably social media strategist. Like you were oh my God, yes.
2: awesome. That's 11, still just, yeah. yeah different roles. <laughs>
1: Definitely. Yeah. Like the photographer, the social media manager, the invoicer the, the admin. Yep, been yeah. there, done that. The caterers yeah, to your own
2: event. Yeah, absolutely. If you're like, Mom, can you help me make this food for my own event, please? <laughs> Yeah, we've done all of those. Absolutely all of them. And so sometimes it's really weird calling yourself, you know, a CEO because you're like, am I, you know, am i a, am I a chief executive officer in the same way that when I look at other organizations and I see, you know, white business owners in a certain way like own that position and that right and only get mm-hmm. to be that. And I do see I think nearly every woman of colour I know that owns a business has never just at least at the beginning, just the role that's down on paper. Yeah. There is a whole behind-the-scenes uh, role. Like, if we actually all put what we do, it wouldn't just be that of that. It, it would be really long.
0: Well, I would say, like, program manager, content creator, social media. Is just
1: yeah. It's more like A to Z, not CEO. It's just yeah. everything. <laughs> Absolutely. And I wanted to
0: bring that into the conversation because I, I'm sh- like, it needs to be known. A lot of people come in and they want to be entrepreneurs and, you know, they don't realize at times until they're in it that you're like, oh, I'm all of yeah. these things, you know. Um, yeah. So I think it, I'm, it's, I'm glad that it's being said because it hasn't been said yet on the podcast.
2: <laughs> So I appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's a very real thing, and I think sometimes people don't like to, you know, share it too much or be that public because when you're trying to start your your thing and get serious about it, so you might think that it it can sound like a a negative or that you don't have X, Y, and Z in place. That maybe you don't then appear a certain way, or you think it might be detrimental to you, and, and you're trying to embody that role. Of course, like everyone's trying to embody the thing they came here to do, but. I think sharing the fact that it's not so straightforward is is a strength um, of any business owner because it just lets other people know who could one day potentially be, you know, who we all are right now. It allows them to be like, you don't have to be perfect. And you can can just be you and you can also be here. Um, It doesn't necessarily require you know exclusive people to be this way and I think the more sort of human we get about it and the more we we laugh at these things can let others know that it's so yeah it's okay it's 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 encouraging I think especially for fellow perfectionists out there because I don't know if anyone else is one but I am definitely one and I need to hear that someone else you know felt that way or did that because it really validates Um, And for a perfectionist who can't get themselves to just give it a go or to just try or to to move with it, um, hearing those things I think is really valuable.
1: Yeah, and I think to add to that is also like accepting failure and welcoming it as well. Um, We recently spoke with someone about how we honour failure at Goldreamer because we've had tons of experience of Mm -hmm. failing and I don't think we're shy from it or or shy of it as well. Um, And I think when our perspective changed on failures when we realize that it's not failing it's feedback and it's telling you something that Mm. either it's a change or it's not it's not telling you you're not good enough for this you know what i mean so we need to welcome that more in our entrepreneurial journeys as well because entrepreneur like the the second definition of it is to just take those risks fail get back up and try try again kind of thing until you've, you've gone through all those, those peaks and valleys of, of that journey of being an entrepreneur. And I think failure is definitely a part of that.
2: Yeah. It's like, a, it becomes like a, a top three skill that you need to almost adapt. After <laughs> like,
1: Yeah. I think that should be on people's CVs as well. Like, it should. Good at Great at failure and good yeah. great at getting back up as well.
2: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I love that. I might just take that.
2: Yeah, you <laughs> totally should. Alexa, what's your view of like failure and Like, how comfortable are you you with that?
0: I want to be completely transparent, right? Um, And I think I will start with um, when I took the leap of faith of like, Mm -hmm. you know what? I'm not going because it came to a point where when I left my last job, um, I was so exhausted. And like I said, burned out and I needed a minute. I want the universe was like, girl. I just, we just want you to take a minute and get to know yourself. But I was like, but I don't wanna, I need the, (laughs) I need to survive. Like my family, I have my ancestry on my back, like I have my community on my back. And the universe just kept being like, this is me. And the universe was like, sit down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In in words of Kendrick Lamar, sit down, be humble. Like
0: you said it best literally and so I had to sit with myself and that was major for me because that was the first time I had to sit with myself and I was like who are you who is wow. this 28 year old I don't even how did you get here how did we get here is this even what you want to do like and it sounds so cliche I get it like I and for some people who've got have been down this road and path but for me it was new and it's always going to be new for you and I think that people I think we need to give ourselves a little bit more empathy on that end that it's always going to be new for you even if it was new for someone else and someone else already went through it that's them you need to go through yours
1: i was yes, like
2: 100 that is so important 100 so, so important you can never know what it truly feels like until you experience it firsthand That firsthand experience it makes all the difference <laughs> it really does
0: yeah and so i was there while i was sitting with myself i was like okay so what now and i remember you asked me in the beginning um we were Um, speaking before we started recording you said you know what led you into starting the podcast Mm -hmm. and pretty much so it was those moments of like sitting with myself kind of like forcing myself to go a a little bit against the grain I was almost Mm -hmm. afraid to even have interviews or even have um, these discussions because I was talking about very raw topics and very real things that were happening to me as I was living Mm -hmm. in the moment And I was trying to captivate it as it was happening, you know, and it was almost I felt like it was too much. If that makes any sense. I felt like it was too raw. It was too real for people to digest. Um, But I didn't I'm happy that I didn't um, stray from it. I I didn't like decide to be like, no, I'm not going to do that.
1: Um, Yeah, good for you.
2: Yeah, Yeah. we're so happy you did too, because you didn't too, because yeah, we wouldn't be here having your first international (laughs) call. Let's just bask
1: in this.
0: (laughs) So you're right, and these are the moments, the aha moments that I was saying that happened, where you're like, "How do you know you are where you're supposed to be?" Yeah. Mm. So. With that said, <laughs> last question <laughs> for you guys, because you guys have been so great so far. You know, where would you say you are now in your journey um, with Girl Dreamer?
1: I feel like it's such an interesting point in the journey now because we've almost come out of startup phase and we're now in scale-up phase. And I think making that transition has been so um nerve-wracking in in an in an exciting way so it's we've been quite apprehensive actually because it's almost like it's been very difficult very difficult very difficult and then you almost get comfortable and then it's like success starts coming and then you get comfortable with this position that you're in and this space that you've created but then actually the next phase of business forces you to leap over and then you're thinking hang on a minute everything I've just done here is amazing like I don't want to kind of exert more energy and jump up to another phase now but it's also exciting because it's like what awaits us there um so yeah it's 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 weird because there's so many emotions involved and it's almost celebrating everything that's kind of taken us from step day one to five years and now thinking okay how do the next five years be even better and Mm. you know keep bringing in that success for personal reasons ourselves for the community how do we keep growing the community in a holistic way Um, and also growing our team as well because from day one it's just been Kieran and I and um, then a couple of years in we brought on someone else just to help us volunteer then we managed to pay her and then we were like okay this sounds great feels great like we have support uh, we're able to pay her how do we keep like duplicating this and and having our team grow. And now, you know, we're in a fortunate enough position to have, I think our ninth team member, Kiran, join us um, last week. Um, So it feels really (laughs) exciting (laughs) right now. Um, Kiran, what do you think?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's this point of, like Amna said, we got comfortable and now we're in this place where we're getting, we're kind of getting uncomfortable again to get comfortable again um because there's, there's a part in your journey where like you figure that out and then like honestly you kind of just stay in it and not plateau in in a bad way but just in a in a comfortable way and when you're ready to take that next leap it's like all those uncomfortable nervy fiery type feelings all over again but this time it's not to like start all over again, but it is to start something again. And that feeling of of starting again, like I said, the the scale up, like Mm -hmm. where we take Girl Dreamer now, like making this digital uh, transition, like having a team and having to like manage that. And then again, there's like financial implications that come with that. Yes, it's great when you grow but you also have to sustain that growth and now focusing on sustainability so that gold dreamer is here in another five years we're at that point in our journey where it's like okay this is this is real um in five years will be like a full decade that's crazy to think in in your head when you were just like two best friends who grew up here and you never thought you'd be these people and now you're these people like sometimes you got to be like oh my god that's so scary like i'm well I don't know what I'm doing I'm just so and so from so and so area like I'm not qualified to be in this yeah and then I
1: think in that moment you just think I'm gonna quit this I just want to be a low-key get a low-key job somewhere (laughs) yeah put a baseball cap on look down and just
2: yeah I don't want and because it's exciting and scary all at the same time and I think we're in that space we're in that space where we're about to really own this story mm-hmm. and we're really about to take this journey in a direction where we've taken all the learnings and we're going to fully steer that ship now we're not just like part of like you know the the captain's crew like we are the captain now and to take those reins is about to feel very different um and we can feel it every day you kind of wake up and you feel this kind of pressure and excitement in your heart all the time yeah and i say we're there that's where Gold dreamer is it's we're like at pivotal yeah. yes we're just doing the downloading and the installing and the rebooting and then <laughs> it's about to cool. all happen
0: <laughs> I love that it almost feels like therapy because I, <laughs> I don't know if, <laughs>
1: but,
0: no hear me out um so funny enough I'm actually like I encourage everyone to anyone who <laughs> is going through being an entrepreneur or whatever just going through any life transitions right now my journey has um Guided me to try out therapy. And when you're in therapy, you're constantly like discussing different and unpacking different parts of yourself. And it's like finally, when you're like, oh, I know myself, there's like more. Something happens in yeah. your life. And then there's more. And you're like, oh my goodness, when does this ride ever <laughs> stop? Where do I get off the train? And it's like, no, you're, you, you. you took- <laughs> yep you decided to get on the train yes and here you are
2: it's absolutely that it doesn't stop you just get better at managing certain like parts of it mm-hmm. until there's a new part that you have to learn to manage and, and get better at as well so like yeah. you said it's just like a train ride that never ends it can temporarily stop at the station but you're not getting off you can just breathe yeah. for a second and they open the doors but you're not getting off and then you gotta go again so mm-hmm. yeah it's it's like that
0: Oh my goodness. This conversation has been so like enlightening for me as well. <laughs> I've been unraveling some things as well too and I never thought that no that I never it <laughs> always happens. I always say this in every 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 interview I'm like you guys bring out something um and I hope I do the same for you guys of like absolutely <laughs> you know
2: you absolutely do and I think that's the space that you've created is so important because it's allowing us to learn from each other like so far away physically you know you being all the way in America and us in England but it's like something in this conversation at this moment we were both meant to to hear well we're all meant to hear from each other and learn from each other and you know thanks to you we had the opportunity to so you kind of leaning into your your calling and honoring that has you know from us and all the other women you've you've interviewed and had these conversations with like that's what you were meant to bring to the world and you're doing it
0: Oh my goodness, you guys are too, thank you. All the struggles, all the tears.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Of the unknown.
2: And very like random side note, I love your accent, by the way. This is so fun. I know, right? I said that to her last time.
0: I I was (laughs) saying that about you guys. I'm like, I love it. Like, I just, I I love to hear like the different accents and whatnot, so thank you so much, Um, (laughs) vice versa. And I I hope that, you know, like I I always say, whenever you guys ever feel this is an open platform, once you come in and you're invited, feel free to, you know, come on back. I would love to have you guys ever come back and discuss whatever other topics you would love. Um, That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. The platform's here. And any resources or links you guys would like to share or any takeaways you want to leave the listeners with before we go off? into the abyss <laughs> of our journeys.
1: Yes, the abyss that we're so familiar with. Um, I'll do the social media plugin if you'd mm-hmm. love to keep up to date with our journey, what we're doing, uh, our community as well. And to join the community, um, if you're on Instagram or Twitter, we're at HeyGoldreamer. And a lot of people tend to call us HeyGoldreamer, which uh, innocently fine, but I think we called ourselves that because Goldreamer was taken across Everything, all social media yeah. yeah so we are now hey Goldreamer, dreamer but called Goldreamer. dreamer so yeah you can find us on instagram and twitter um, or our website goldreamer.co.uk. um and i think for now you can subscribe to our newsletter that we you know we share regular updates um monthly. um and in the meantime kieran mentioned that super secret thing that we're working on So if you're subscribed to the newsletter or following us on socials, you'll definitely know about that um, as we go along.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And just to add for like takeaways, I think we've definitely gone through some like key ones, but just as a, I suppose as a bit of a roundup, I really want to stress the thing about not being afraid to fail, we should be more afraid of not giving things a go. Like if you feel like where you're, it's what you're supposed to do, there's a reason for that and to explore that even as comfortably as you can take it or as safely as you can take it in whatever circumstance you're in like test the waters at least there's a like for us there's always a reason for everything and if we didn't kind of like honor and listen to that that calling you know didn't go to, to university and didn't pursue the paths that were set out for us or we thought was the only way to live life we wouldn't like i said we wouldn't have had these amazing experiences that we did and tested it in small ways and that's like that's okay um just honor yourself in in some way always I think that is something really big that I've had to learn and again I always shout this one out for the for the fellow perfectionists out there because I know that's a huge huge barrier for so many people is that there's never a right time to start but you are always good enough and that is like understanding that never a right time you're always good enough so it's like now now is is it um yeah and I'll embrace- go into too many and get all philosophical so i'll stop
0: <laughs> no you're good and embrace your identity crisis
2: <laughs> oh my god yes there is you know it's just yeah embrace all of it. anything that feels like a, a blunder and a mess and I think like embrace the mess it's supposed to be a messy journey even if people don't show you that and they don't tell you that Um, it's a messy journey um I feel like there's beauty in the mess as well because
1: seeing something that's perfect okay wow like okay great it's perfect but where's the like the the nitty-gritty like the raw uh creative side of it that was I don't know like like a big explosive mess that had been refined I think beauty is seeing it all for what it is and and to acknowledge that more and respect Mm -hmm. that.
2: And the last one I can think of is, and I learned the hard way, was it's not personal. A lot of the things on this journey are not personal. You know, if something didn't go my way, like in a business perspective, Mm -hmm. I'd also be like, it's because I'm not good enough and I didn't do this well and they think I'm like this. And it was all of these things. And when I really had to look at the bigger picture, I was like, it's not because of that. It was really, it was it was a whole different set of reasons, but it was never personal. Um, and that is a really good way to navigate any like setbacks or failure um, because we'll take it on our own shoulders. Like you apply for this thing and you get a no and you think it's because I'm the world's worst person, but it's not, it could just, it could mm. be whatever on their side. And it's not about you in the nicest way. Like we have to learn and accept that. and. That I think allows us to keep going um, mm. if we realise that it's it's not it's not always personal.
1: Definitely, I think a recent one for me has been um, finding joy um, in in oh anything God, and yes. everything. I think being <laughs> young people, especially millennials and Gen Z, um, when we're looking on Instagram and we're scrolling through Twitter and stuff, and we're seeing these like nineteen-year-old millionaires and all sorts getting rich off crypto and. YouTube and everything I think we're constantly kind of very serious about becoming mm. I think the new trend is that becoming a millionaire mm. I feel like it's so like yeah it's so attainable now to like technology and just the way the world works and it's something I was discussing with my parents because they're obviously from a different completely different generation and they're like why are young people so obsessed with becoming a millionaire now like we didn't even know the word million existed And it just seemed like so far away, like to make a million pounds. And I think it's all fair. It's great. Like if you are able to to tap into that, then, you know, by all means do so, but find joy in the every day to day things like the walk to the post office or when you're going to get a cup of coffee, or I think the in-between moments as well where nothing is happening, nothing bad's happening, nothing good is happening. You're just, watching tv or you're ordering something off the menu to acknowledge those moments and to kind of count them as your joyful moments of you living um and to not always be so obsessed with the final end goal or the destination but again cliche but to enjoy the ride Mm -hmm. because before you know it like it's 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 done it's over you're not always going to be on that roller coaster alexa promise
2: (laughs) (laughs) it will stop soon what what's like a key takeaway or like thing from from you, Alexa? Um, I've got my pen ready. I'm going to write what you say down.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, My key takeaway that I, I can't stress enough is um, allowing yourself to be vulnerable, giving yourself that space of vulnerability um because a moment at least for me I can't speak for everyone but at least for me the moment that I allowed myself to be a bit more vulnerable was when the world opened up for me yes,
2: yes. that is wow. such an important one especially Absolutely. in this kind of space because you feel like you're not supposed to be hmm. um but first and foremost we are human and I think what you just said is so important because we all connect on that
0: yeah and if you're having any second thoughts about it, because for whatever reason you may feel like you're not ready, or you may feel like you're not protected, I guess, because at yes. times people just don't feel safe enough um, to be vulnerable, um, I would say that I promise you there's an army out there. <laughs> there's an army out there who will back you up um, and that do embrace vulnerability. That, yes. That's. And I remember the one of the words I told Amna during our discussion was like, if once this episode goes on and whatever comes about, feel free to ask Mm -hmm. me questions. And, you know, this is a safe space because I do not play that. I told her I was like, I am a warrior. I make sure that like my space is protected and that like, yeah, I allow for um, anyone to have the freedom of expression or critical thinking. However, I think there's always like a line, you know, Mm where. I don't allow certain things so that's what that was like very major for me um to let my guests know and I hope it conveys and you guys can
2: yeah absolutely that's so huge because for the long time like I'm not that comfortable being vulnerable and I have to feel very very safe so I completely understand what you mean about making people feel that not everybody's ready and okay with that so I if it helps I felt completely comfortable um <laughs> which is testament to you and, and the space that you've created with this and that's not always easy to do so thank you for for yeah absolutely creating that space
0: yeah and and i definitely also try to be as transparent as possible about where my shortcomings are still where i'm still learning right where i'm still facing mm-hmm. myself um because at times you will realize as you engage more and more with people, and now that we're going back to normalcy, I guess whatever normalcy <laughs> is for anyone, and you're, ga- you're engaging once again more with your friends and things like that, you start learning about some of the things that um, they're vulnerable about or whatever it may be. Um, for example, I, have, I found out recently that some of my friends are having um, panic attacks or social anxiety around certain things. And for me, I'm like, huh, I don't I don't get it, you know, like I and I was like, please help me learn more. And like being honest about like, Mm. hey, please, like, let me know, educate me more on like what that looks like, because I just I don't have like I'm not there yet. Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, but (laughs) that's
1: so beautiful I think transparency and vulnerability are just completely up there for me as as qualities and uh traits to have especially on a leadership journey um for so long you're constantly like putting on different masks to to fit in in different places and I think that transparency and vulnerability especially for our age group as well is very important with the social media uh things going on out there the the different types of pressures there are to look a certain way to be have a filtered emotional state or a filtered physical state is is quite problematic and i think again transparency and vulnerability definite key uh things to have well ladies
0: we're ready to wrap it up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's been amazing please remember to rate review subscribe before you go until next time